The Ark contains the words of the law, the words of the Ten Commandments etched on the tablets. That is what makes it the Aron Habrit, the Ark of the Covenant. That is why the Ark becomes a locus of God's mysterious presence, thereby highlighting how the Torah, the commandments of God, are at the heart of the miraculous and eternal Jewish relationship with God. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 285, The Levites and the Ark. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. In his biography of Judah Halevi, the great Jewish poet and author of the theological masterwork of the Kuzari, Hillel Halkin describes his journey to Cordoba, Halevi's former home in Andalusia. Halkin describes how as you arrive there, you see that in the city that was once the home of some of the greatest minds of Jewish history, there is now one tiny synagogue off an alley, Calle Los Judios, left over from the medieval era when Jews still lived there. It is beautiful, but it is small. And one small medieval synagogue is a lot more than most Spanish cities have. Meanwhile, the mesquita, the massive mosque turned into a cathedral, testifies by architecture to Islam and by its artistic adornments to Christianity. It towers over Cordoba, bespeaking the empires that once ruled there. It is massive. The synagogue is tiny. Halkin describes his state of mind as he sees the edifices as achievements of civilizations with almost nothing left from the Jews. Quote, all over Andalusia are churches that once were mosques, the airy lightness of whose minarets now support the weight of Christian bells. And Judaism? A room in Cordoba, a doorway in Seville. Yes, a doorway. The sole known Jewish feature left in that city is the former entrance to a synagogue that is now part of the church of Santa Maria La Blanca. End quote. Suddenly, Halkin remembered a poem that Halevi wrote about the Ark of the Covenant, which contained the Luchot, the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Over that Ark... In the Holy of Holies, God rested. Halevi wrote a poem which began, in Hawkins' translation, Lord, where shall I find thee? Wherein he pondered the fact that an infinite Almighty could dwell in Jerusalem atop the ark. Or as Halevi put it, again in Hawkins' translation, an ark was your home, but so is heaven's dome. And Halevi adds, the spheres cannot hold you, but a room can. Hawkins concludes, quote, the whole of the Kuzari is a grappling with the question of why the infinite creator of all things would choose to limit his revelation of himself to a particular people, such as the Jews, in a particular place, such as the land of Israel, in a particular form, such as Judaism. Indeed, the omnipotent and omniscient Lord of the universe not only entered all that was small, he preferred it. The synagogue on Calle de los Judios was just his size. End quote. The mystery of the Ark is the mystery of the Jewish people, and few pondered this mystery more than Halevi. And his last name, Halevi, the Levite, is apt, for it was the Levites that were most associated with the Ark of the Covenant through a sacred calling that is central to one of the most famous stories about the Ark. Chronicles describes how, having conquered Jerusalem, David decides to bring the Ark up to the city. Chapter 13. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David gathered all Israel together from Shechor of Egypt, even unto the entering of Chemath, to bring the ark of God from Kiryat Yarim. And David went up in all Israel to Baalah, that is to Kiryat Yarim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of the Lord God, 
who dwelleth between the cherubim, whose name is called upon it. And they carried the ark of God in a new wagon out of the house of Avinadav, and Uzzah and Achio drove the cart. This is a joyous occasion, but note the means of conveyance for the ark. A cart, a wagon, driven by two men, one of whom is named Uzzah. This was not the way the ark was transported in the desert, and this factor will be significant. Verse 8. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. And when they came onto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, wherefore that place is called Peretz Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself, to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Ovid-Edom the Gittite. The ark shakes atop the wagon, and it is touched by a human being. Disaster results. Why did this occur? A clue is given a chapter later, where David decides to attempt to bring the ark to his capital city again. Chapter 15. And David made himself houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. And David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place, which he had prepared for it. David here is echoing Deuteronomy, chapter 10, wherein the tribe of Levi is elected to carry the ark. We are told, At that time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless in his name unto this day. Therefore, Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance, according as the Lord thy God promised him. David's choices inform retroactively our understanding of what happened before. Thus medieval exegete Radak, Rabbi David Kimchi, explains that David had assumed that the rule that the Levites and only the Levites carry the ark applied in the desert and not following the Israelite arrival in the Holy Land. Here he thought the ark could be transported by wagon, but following the touching of Uzzah, a non-Levite of the ark, he realized that a desecration had occurred of the symbol of divine indwelling. Why is it so essential that the Levites alone carry the ark? The answer, I would suggest, lies in the other sacred task of the Levites. They are called to be teachers of Torah to Israel. Thus Moses said to the Levites in the last speech of his life, They shall teach Jacob thy laws and Israel thy Torah. They shall put incense before thee and whole burnt offerings upon thine altar. The Levites not only minister in the tabernacle, they are meant to be teachers of Torah. That is why they carry the ark. The ark contains the words of the law, the words of the Ten Commandments etched on the tablets. That is what makes it the Aron Habrit, the Ark of the Covenant. That is why the Ark becomes a locus of God's mysterious presence, thereby highlighting how the Torah, the commandments of God, are at the heart of the miraculous and eternal Jewish relationship with God. Were the Ark no longer linked to the Levites, the teachers of the Torah, then we might forget what makes the Ark special and why God has chosen it as a focal meeting place between him and Israel, the Torah itself. Thus, when Moses finishes writing the entire Torah, that too is given to the Levites. Thus Deuteronomy further tells us, And Moses wrote this Torah and delivered it unto the priests, the sons of Levi, which bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and unto all the elders of Israel. To study this story, then, is to ponder how today, though the Ark does not openly rest among us, the central teaching of the Ark's symbolism endures. 
which is that the Torah is at the heart of the Jewish relationship with God. And that is why the Jews throughout history paralleled the Levites by carrying the word of God wherever they went. On the other side of the country of Spain, from Cordoba, is Catalonia. And there, all the way north, sits Girona. Girona was the intellectual home of Moses ben Nachman, Nachmanides, or Ramban. He was one of the greatest minds Judaism has known. And as I visited there and walked in the old Jewish quarter, I felt in a primal way Nachmanides' presence. And this inspired me to rethink his own experiences. In 1262, Nachmanides was forced to debate the truth of Judaism in the presence of the king of Aragon in Barcelona, which he ably did. This ultimately led to Nachmanides being driven out of Girona, making his way to the Holy Land. As I walked there, hauntingly, one can see on several houses holes in the doorposts. These were carved out centuries ago for the placing of parchments, mezuzot, in Jewish homes. The Jews that stayed after Nachmanides left ultimately, of course, were forced to depart in 1492 never to return, and as they departed, they took their scrolls, their mezuzot, with them, the holy pieces of parchment containing the word of God. It was chilling, and as I looked, I was reminded of an insight of Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch regarding the Torah's commandment that even when at rest, the Ark of the Covenant must always have its carrying poles attached to it. The reason for this, Rabbi Hirsch reflected, is that the Ark contains the Torah, and the eternal placing of the poles, in Hebrew the Badim, illustrates that wherever we go, we bear the Torah with us. Here is how he put it, quote, The badim of the ark symbolized the destiny and the mission of carrying the ark and its contents beyond the precincts of its present standing place, if this becomes necessary. And he adds, The constant presence of the badim testifies that God's Torah is not bound to or dependent on any particular place, testimony that is boldly underscored by the contrast between the ark and the other furnishings of the sanctuary, especially the table and the menorah, which do not have permanently attached badim, end quote. Whenever you travel, you take the Torah with you. It goes when you go, and it is not limited to a specific space and time. And that, of course, is why, despite the dispersion of our people, wherever we went, the eternal fire of Sinai came with us. That is why the original Levite's journey became our journey. I am myself a Levite, a Levi, but one need not belong to my tribe to appreciate all that the Ark embodies and how Jewish history itself reflects the bearing of the covenant around the world and throughout the ages, which is a veritable journey toward eternity. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.